0: Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Tyler, the esports coach. How you doing, Tyler?
1: I'm good, man. Frank, it's good to be back on the show. I'm excited, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about fighting games. There's a lot of new stuff out there.
0: There is, yeah. Actually, surprising over the ne- over the last like couple months, we've gotten you know the rise of, of brawl games and stuff like that. So excited to talk about all that. Mm,
1: that's- yeah, the platform fighter is on the rise. A lot of people are buying into it, and I'm excited to talk about it a little more and kind of get into detail about it. Yeah,
0: true. All right, so let's go ahead and get started right off the bat then. Uh, we have Smash Bros. Bro, we had Sora come out. What is, how does Sora play in the game, and what does Sora mean for the esports side of the game?
1: Uh, well, firstly, like I think it was a pretty cool reveal that you know Sora was the final character. Yeah. I think everybody kind of knew it, but um i will say sora playing wise is like he's so and you can say this about a lot of characters but he's so different than any of the other fighters Mm -hmm. because he's he's a swords character he plays a very sword style so he has some range on him he also has the projectiles but on top of that he's very floaty which oh wow i didn't really i didn't really expect him to be that like floaty and his recovery is unbelievable too like he has a very very solid recovery game he's got smash attacks that hit really hard his tilt attacks are very strong he's got a lot of great combos um he's really the one of the few characters that has an aerial based combo would you so would you argue that he's a little
0: op or is he seems like he's balanced
1: i don't think it's I, i don't think he's overpowered in any way but i definitely think there are a lot more strengths than weaknesses um there there are some attacks that are slow um that are punishable but there are other attacks that like you know his his neutral special is very good but i think it's balanced in the way that you don't control what you get to use it's in a rotation cycle Mm -hmm. so you have to cycle through each one the fire lightning and ice so you know, if you want to use your lightning, but you're stuck on ice, now you have to cycle through your other two specials to use it, which can lead into a punish because you're just using them to get to the other special.
0: Him being floaty is interesting. I don't, I can't think of another sword character that's really floaty. Can you think of any?
1: Uh, offhand, I mean... I wouldn't say super floaty, but like, I would say Marth is like in the middle, like he's not floaty, but he's not a fast faller. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's he's more floaty than that. It's almost like, I, I don't even know where he is on the spectrum in relation to other characters, but like he can get. Pretty much back to stage from almost anywhere. It's very difficult, especially for me as a puff player. It's like edge guarding him is just a nightmare because he has so many mix-up options that it, it, it just becomes more and more difficult for edge guarding. And ultimate in general, it's like edge guarding isn't as emphasized as it has been in other Smash games, right. but it's still it's still something that you utilize.
0: The fact that he's floating is true to game though, because if you think of like playing Kingdom Hearts. You're in the air doing a lot of aerial attacks and combos, so that part kind of feels true to game.
1: Yeah, it does. He does feel very true to the to the game. Um, a lot of his style, a lot of the way that like his special attacks work. Um, but again, it's it's you know he he has an unbelievable recovery, like, and his up special has a very strong base knockback. Mm-hmm. So it can kill, it can kill lighter characters at very low percent. So he has a lot of killing potential and you can cancel, you can cancel his up special with his like side special where he dashes like three times in the air. So it allows him to maneuver in such a way around the stage with a lot of characters, you know, it's not that they don't know how to handle it. It just, you know, it's, it's, it can be a pressure tool. It can be an escape tool. It can be used to, you know, just change up recovery, so it's it's just interesting to see. Um, I haven't seen him tournament wise yet. I know that MKLeo was playing him and like really likes him, but I mean we'll we'll see what happens with him in the esports uh, area going forward. Say you're coaching
0: somebody that's about to enter in a tournament in esports, uh, and you're like, hey, you know, Sora's out on the field. We know this one guy plays Sora a lot. What what advice are you going to give him to or her? to beat Sora,
1: well in in those types of situations where we know of like you know a very strong player um when we look bracket wise Mm -hmm. um like usually like when we're we're coaching it's usually something where we're like hey here's the character here's your advantage disadvantage here's your here's this here's that you know there's basic character matchup but I think it's also kind of just being able to adjust in the match because you can have two different Sora players and one plays this way and one plays this way. So one plays very defensively and and waits for a punish and then the other Sora is very aggressive and on top of you and, and utilizing the combo game. So it's just a matter of like the first thing we look at is, okay, like what? What style are they bringing with this character? Do they have a lot of aggressive tendencies? Like, can you punish them for, you know, doing overly aggressive options? Or if they're very defensive, you know, do they go for a lot of dash grabs? And do they shield a lot? You know, can you punish them by grabbing them yourself if they're sitting in shield too long? I see. So there's a a lot like, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that, like, mental game aspect where you're kind of doing this rock, paper, scissors of, like, attack, shield, and grabbing. So it's just kind of picking up on player tendencies. And then, you know, if you're a very punish heavy character, if you're if that's your style, then you calculate your punishment. If you're very aggressive, you know, with your aggressive play style, you tend to just kind of say, I'm an open book. I'm showing you what I got and you got to figure it out.
0: Okay. yeah. So it's it's basically kind of normal just. It's all about the player, really, because you can play Sora just like most characters yeah. aggressively, defensively. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, like I've said it in the past, I think it was with uh, like Joker. Mm-hmm. I think I had talked about like there there are strengths and weaknesses of playing characters a certain way. Like, you know, a, a lot of people get rewarded for playing, jo- for jo- playing Joker more aggressively than defensively. Right. Um, but there is a way to play him defensively where you get rewarded, you know, with him using his uh his arsene persona thing and it you know it doubles his attack power so playing a little more defensively and and gaining that and then with punishing that's a great that's a great way to play but you know that's just the normal way people choose to play him so
0: okay okay all right we'll we'll have to see how he how he's treated in the esports game and stuff like that going forward uh do you feel like esports is starting to pick up again especially in smash brothers
1: Um, I, I think in, in regards to smash in general, I think with just the popularity of platform fighters, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are starting to see that, wow, this is a really cool eSport. Like this is a really unique style of game. Like we, we want to embrace it. And I think with smash ultimate, um, as you know, with things coming back, you know, with in-person tournaments coming back and that kind of stuff it's it's going to be better. I think it's been a lot harder because the Smash Net code is just really, really awful. It's just very, very difficult to keep a very consistent connection unless you're both on Ethernet cords. And, you know, it's it's something that like, you know, I, I play and I have, you know, I use a Wi-Fi connection. I don't use Ethernet. Right. And it's there are some games where it's just like, I lose a ton of frames and I get a ton of lag because it's just, they don't use rollback they're just using a basic net code and it just makes the game not feel as smooth because a lot of people like i would say more in the melee community but in general too it's like smash ultimate seems very slow compared to a lot of other games Mm -hmm. but i think there's like something to be said about like there's still the combo system it's still there like you know there's there's still something to be there like smash ultimate is its own thing just how it was like with brawl and melee they were two different completely different styles of smash brothers but with everything coming back in person um i think ultimate will kind of come up again like and 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 shine in esport and i think hopefully if nintendo and their pr like if they you know try to play a little more nice with competitive smash that they'll see how how big it's becoming and and they'll they'll try to support it but i know that they've been kind of touchy when it comes to that
0: yeah oddly they're they're not very sharing with both both with esports and with just generally sharing their content they're pretty pretty tight-fisted with that stuff yeah (laughs) makes it hard for us Mm -hmm. creators that want to just be like play around in nintendo and share their stuff yeah
1: yeah it's it's something that like you 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 would think Nintendo would want to support their game in any way they can right. but you know um you know the people at Nintendo in Japan they have certain views they have they have a reason for why they they feel the way they feel and they made the game because of you know like the guy who created Smash Brothers, he was playing an arcade fighting game yeah. and he looked at the couple across from them and they were brand new to the game. and It turned them off from the game and they walked out of the arcade. And it's something where, like he wanted to create something where, which I don't really agree with, but like it kind of in everybody wins, it's a free party. game. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's something where everyone can win, everyone can enjoy it. But it's just so hard to do that because that's, to me, it's just not a very feasible mindset of everybody can win.
0: Well, and and it's like Nintendo came out and we're like, instead of making a Mortal Kombat type game or Street Fighter, we're going to make a Mario Party kind of idea where everybody's just having fun. Essentially. Yeah.
1: Essentially. Yeah. Essentially, yes. And I know that he didn't want it to go in a competitive direction, but it's really hard to create a fighting game that's not going to become competitive. Exactly. It's really hard to do that. So.
0: Makes sense. But
1: we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens going forward. Do I have a lot of hope that Nintendo would do something? I mean, yeah, I always have hope. But, you know, I think it's going to have to come down to the competitive scene, trying to find a way to talk to Nintendo as a corporation. Like, okay, we want to sit down and we want to understand. Like, there's a lot of people who can complain online about how Nintendo is not cooperating and this and that. Like. That doesn't really solve much. It's just you know, like you guys aren't really asking them. You're not asking from the business standpoint because mm-hmm. their, their whole business relies around family. Right. Like they're they're a family company. So how does it look to somebody who's looking to purchase a you know a, a gaming system and they see that it's all competitive stuff? Not going to make them want to buy something for their kids. Like they want to buy something where the parents and the kids can all feel included and feel like they could pick up the game and play without having to sit down for hundreds and hundreds of hours to, to study and analyze the game. So I, I, see where, I see where Nintendo stands in that. But I think that there's something to be said about not completely shunning the competitive aspect of it. And I think a lot of people just want the question answered, why?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and for a lot of people, they're just looking at it from their perspective. But yeah, if you look at Nintendo's perspective and how they've always been, they've always been kind of the family first system compared to, say, PlayStation or Xbox or even PC. So, yeah, it makes sense that they want to make sure that they kind of steer away from big headlines where esports are dominating on the Switch. It doesn't really help their brand necessarily. But there is definitely a niche out mm-hmm. there that freaking love it. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that because Smash is always going to continue competitively no matter what, because mm-hmm. there's a big enough community where people are going to sponsor and then and they are going to make it their own. Yeah, but I don't see Nintendo being the headline of it. OK. okay.
0: All right. Next up, we're going to be talking about Nick, uh, Nicktoon's All-Star Brawl. Uh, you're reviewing it for us. Uh, first of all, did you have fun playing this game?
1: Um, so I got it the day after it released. Um, so I didn't get to play it on release day, but I played it the day after. I really think that there are a lot of good things about this game. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of potential for it. A lot of people are saying right now that the game is dying, that it's dead because, you know, oh, it released too early and, and this and that. And like, you know, oh, the switch hasn't gotten the, uh, the updated patch yet you know like cuz the PC and I think the Xbox and the PS5 all got the it's like I think 1.01 or 1.10 or something mm-hmm. update where like the infinite combos are taken out and a bunch of other stuff is taken out but the one on the Switch hasn't gotten it yet so they're still kind of stuck in the there's a bunch of infinite combos and you just see people like using it so that they can you know rise up in rank but
0: yeah kind of
1: overall I, I yeah Overall, I think there's a lot of good in the game. Mm-hmm. It's very fast-paced. It's very... It, it seems very melee. Like, it seems very quick. But I also think that it's fast just to be fast. Like, just to say that it's a faster version of, you know, the platform fighter. Yeah. And I think there, there comes, like, this tug of war of, like, are you just making this game to be fast? Or is this a part of the mechanic? Because people have been saying like, "Oh, I wish Smash Ultimate was faster." Now you're putting out a platform fighter that's faster, but now has all these other problems. And he's you know worked patches. He literally patched the game one week after it was out, mm-hmm. which a lot of a lot of big companies they don't do that. They they let it sit for months on end, yeah. and then they're like, "All right, we'll send out the patch now." But I just think that a lot of people are quick to judge of like, Oh, there's no voice acting. There's not this, there's not that the game's dead. I think there's a lot to be said about this game. And it was, it was hyped up. Like oh. it was, it was really hyped up and, and, and a lot of people were excited. Like, I mean, hunger box was posting about it almost daily yeah. because of how, how hyped up it was. And he still loves the game. He still thinks it's a great game. And I think it's a really great game too. It's just, I think there's still a lot to be worked on. I know that the creator um, of the game, I think it's named is Thaddeus or something, mm-hmm. um, he, he gave some of his employees, like, vacation because they've just been working nonstop on the game. So, and I respect that, like, you yeah. know, everybody deserves some time off. But, like, overall, I think it's a great a great idea for a game it's a lot of classic characters that everybody remembers from their childhood i think there's a lot of really good potential there Mm -hmm. i think it just needs a good coat of paint it definitely needs the voice acting in it i think it makes a big difference yeah it makes a it makes it makes a big difference and i hope that nickelodeon already giving them the rights to the characters would be willing to help out and say, okay, like we will allow you to do voice acting and all that kind of stuff too. So
0: you wouldn't think it would take too much to do that either. I mean, uh, I'm looking through the list right now. Probably TMNT might be the hardest one to get the voice actors for that. But the rest of these people are all like active voice actors today. That could definitely help. Out, yeah. should you
1: know, be cool. Uh, you could just take like voice clips from certain things and, and just apply it to them True. and just ask Nick for the rights. You could just do something along the lines of that. Yeah, it's kind of shortcutting, but um, that could be another thing. It would help the game. Yeah, obviously. But
0: so, when it comes to the esports side of things, do you think this thing has has a chance to to survive in esports?
1: Well, I think uh, yes, yes, and no. Um, yes, in the fact that the first tournament they did was a ten thousand dollar tournament. I so I think. I think there's a place to be said that like like it, it's it's got the competitive backing like the, the the creators want to see this game go competitive and like they they want to you know be around the people doing it and, and they they encourage it mm-hmm. like they're like hey we will we will make this happen we want to watch this game grow I think it's going to be a while before it truly sparks into something because with Smash Brothers, like, yeah, Smash Brothers on the Nintendo 64, like, yeah, it was, it was fun. And, like, there were a couple tournaments, but not a ton. And, again, they don't have a lot of the stuff that we have now. But I think it's kind of in that beginning phase of, like, there's a lot that can be polished. There's a lot that can be, can be done to just enhance the game overall. But I think there's, there's some good potential seeing this game go forward when if and when they they put a fresh coat of paint on it and and really touch it up and 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 make it happen so
0: the improvements that you're suggesting are they more for the casual gamer or are you talking about more of a competitive
1: side a little bit of both okay i've heard from i kind of heard from both sides that like yeah it's just kind of the announcer and just the hitting sound effects like there's there's really not much else to the game than that Mm -hmm. um like there's some different sound effects for each character like you know toph has like the the earth bending so there's a little bit more noises like with earth bending and same thing with aang and you know like nigel has like animal sounds cuz a lot of his are you know animals animal movesets mm-hmm. but in relation to that it's just like people remember nickelodeon and the in the voices that are tied to it yeah And regardless of if you're competitive or casual, it just, it just enhances the game to be like, oh, you know, hearing SpongeBob's voice and hearing Patrick's voice in the game, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like it would just improve the game in such a way where a lot of people I think would be drawn to it more Mm -hmm. just because of the memory of the shows and it starts top topic discussions and all that kind of stuff. In the competitive scene, it's not really that big of a deal, but it does help in a way. Um, because it also helps with audio cues because you there's a lot of people that like you know for example in like street fighter people know certain moves are coming because they're listening to button presses or they're listening to stick movement or they're listening to the stuff on screen it's the same thing with smash brothers like smash brothers there's some audio cues melee there's audio cues you know in guilty gear all this kind of stuff there are audio cues for moves right So you're you're actively listening to those audio cues and reacting to them because some people react better to audio than visual. Yeah, because if they hear something, they have you know it's a quicker reflex. So I I think it would enhance both of them. Really, just the voice acting is the big thing to me. Beyond that, I think there's a lot of a lot of good in it, and I know that they've already talked about you know expanding characters, DLC. Like um, people have dug through the files and have found like. Hundreds and hundreds of names that the announcers have used. Yeah, like with, what was it uh, Jimmy Neutron Shredder? Um, Shredder be good. Couple, yeah, a couple other. I know Shred, Shredder has been like. I think he's confirmed to be DLC, or like, you know, that there, the, there's like rumor of him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple other I can't think of offhand, but. Um, Prince, what was his name? The Fire Prince from Avatar. Zuko. Zuko, yeah, that'd be good, yeah. That's an aggressive, fast-paced character.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a couple other people like that. Like, I think Cindy Vortex is in there, too, for some reason. Like, just the the voice actor saying it as, like, the victory. Right,
0: right, right.
1: So so it's not a true confirm, but they have all the names in there if they decide to use
0: them. Yeah. Yeah, so it was just kind of like, "Hey, while we have the voice actor here recording in the booth, let's get him to say all the possible names we may use in the future." <laughs> and so they found that list. Okay, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I think overall, I think there is something there. I just hope that they polish it up a little bit more and give it a new coating. Perfect. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, let's go ahead. And, what are you, you going to grade this game? A, B, C, D.
1: Oh no, E. <laughs> uh, I'm at, I'm at like I'm at like a a sol- like a solid B. Solid B. Like okay. it's it's. It's th- it's there, and I see what they're going for. I see the vision that they want and, and what they're hoping to attain with it. Mm-hmm. But I think the execution was not quite there. Um, I think there's there's, I think they could have waited a little longer in development. I think they could have just kept building out on it and then maybe put out a demo. Yeah. And I said, okay, let's put out the demo. We'll have like SpongeBob Aang... Danny Phantom and somebody else. And those are the four characters and you do the demo, you let, you know, people play it, you let people review it overall. And then you go into back in development and be like, okay, let's polish this up. Let's see if we can get voice acting. If we can't get voice acting for a while, okay, we can put, put the game out and say voice acting is coming in this amount of time. But overall, I think that, that, that the vision is there. I think just execution wise, there's just a couple of things I would have, maybe done a little differently, but not too much.
0: Okay. We'll follow up on this though. We'll keep an eye on it, see how it's how it's doing in the esports game and stuff like that. Cause I mean they have yeah. such a wide library that they could pull from. So it would be yeah it would be smart. And I'm
1: also I'm I still actively play it. I really enjoy it because it's just so fast paced. It's on the switch. It's something different, you know, than Smash Brothers. Like it's an alternative to Smash Brothers that I really enjoy. And I I'm having a lot of fun with it even though I'm on the older version and there are a lot of people on the older version who are still using the broken mechanics, you know, it's, it's just hard like to, to to play around that when you are getting infinitely common yeah. <laughs> with somebody and you know, you can't, and you know, you can't get out of it. It's just like just stuff you have to deal with and hopefully they can update it on the switch. Um, but other than that, I think it's a really fun game. It's really, it's really interesting. And there's, there's a lot of, really cool combo setups and all that kind of stuff so
0: we'll have to see yeah we'll have to see if it gets embraced by the esports community because that will really feel the hell out of the game actually put some money behind yeah. it too so that'd be cool mm-hmm. fingers crossed all right uh we're going to be moving on to our next thing here we're going to be talking about the rumors of a wb fighting game uh so a couple couple things we're going to go over first off uh it was first rumored that it was going to be it's going to be used by a uh, nether realm which does Mortal Kombat, which would be really cool. But then Jeff Grubb came out and said, it's not going to be another round, but this is a platform fighter. So, you know, in the vein of Nicktoons and Smash Brothers. Uh, The characters that we've had, you know, quote unquote confirmed are Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, Tom and Jerry, Batman, Fred Flintstone, Mad Max, Johnny Bravo, and possibly Harry Potter and Ron Weasley. So what are your thoughts on the WBIP becoming a uh, Smash game?
1: I think there's a lot of potential there. Mm -hmm. I think there's, again, I think this is kind of how Nick All-Star Brawl started out. It's like, oh, it's a rumor. We don't know if it's true. Then it comes out, oh, you know, like, this is for real. It's dropping. Like, again, I think Warner Brothers has so many, so many characters in their arsenal, and they can go in a ton of different directions where they can take characters from movies where kind of like the Smash Brothers rule originally was like, it's video game character oriented. So like right. their origin has to be from a video game. So, but Warner brothers, I can see them just completely going 180 and be like, no, we'll, we'll take people from movies. We'll do this. We'll do that. Like, you know, they, they, they're not bound by those rules. So I can see them putting in a bunch of different characters that like you would never expect to see in a platform fighter.
0: Yeah. WB makes some really great games. So if you're talking like, Shadow of Mordor that's your Lord of the Rings title uh, the Batman's can mm-hmm. be from Arkham Knight that's a, I mean everybody loves Batman Arkham Knight games um, and then we also have mm-hmm. like especially if NetherRealm touches this at all we have the Injustice franchise where you can get your Joker in mm-hmm. and stuff like that which would be really fun to have like Joker versus Harry Potter I'd love to see what that would look like it would be yeah, a mess that, that would- <laughs>
1: I mean, Joker versus Shaggy 2 would be a (laughs) mess. That would would be, that would be great. But I'm interested to see what direction they take it in. Are they going to do the fast paced? Are they going to have wave dashing, dash dancing, you know, L canceling. Are they going to try to go in that melee direction and, and do it for the speed and and try to, you know, regain that? Or are they going to kind of make it their own and say, you know what? Like, we like the combo system. You know, we like the gameplay, um, but we're going to make it our own. So I'm interested to see what direction they take it in, because a lot of people are like wanting this like fast paced, like a lot of people who are in the melee scene and in the, in the Nick Brawl scene, it's like they want this fast paced game. But I feel like it's such a specific group of people that it's really hard to not just be like, OK, we're going to take it in a different direction and kind of go to the wider audience.
0: Yeah, because fast paced basically means that it's going to be focused towards the hardcore gamers. And not unless some you know, the family kind of game where you really make a lot of sales.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Yeah.
0: If you're if you're developing a brand new fighting game, what hole in the fighting market are you trying to fill? Like is there not enough fast paced games?
1: I think I think it's just like I, th- I think the whole is the support for the game. Like, I think there are a lot of fighting games out there that see a lot of good support, but are are hard to master. Like th- there's this like street fighter tried to make their game a lot easier comes street fighter, like four mm-hmm. with the, the parrying mechanic being different. So like, you don't have to time it in a certain way. Right. So it was a lot hard. It's a lot easier and a lot more people can, and, can go into the game and be like okay i can do this like you know and it's, it, it expanded to the wider audience but you're also sacrificing the people who are in the competitive scene being like well now this is way too easy you know you're you're making the game easier for other people and the upsets are now a normal thing it's not like you know the number one seated player got beat by a number you know by an unranked player well yeah because a comeback is it's pretty easy to do when the parry mechanics change, when mechanics of the games have changed in such a way that influence the, the the game in, in such a, in such a either positive or negative way. Um, in the development cycle with platform fighters though, it's like, you, you kind of want it to be family oriented because you have your, your people who are parents who are like, Oh yeah, the Flintstones. And like, it leads to, To them, you know, after they play the game, hey, let's 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 try watching it. You know, let's let's see if we can put it on. and It it leads to those kinds of things. So you want it to be family oriented. You want there to be this like, this way of like, oh, you know, like we we want it to be a pick up and play kind of game. But there's another part of it where you're like, oh, like, but we don't want it to be too easy because then the competitive scene is just like completely slaughtered. So you're trying to like get on the scale of like. You know, to being right in the middle of family-oriented, simple, but you want it to still be complex enough to where the competitive scene, like if you're really into the competitive scene, you have to work for.
0: it. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they how they aim this thing. Like you would assume that they're going to want to try to sell as many copies as possible, yeah. but I feel like when it's also competitive, it lasts a lot longer. In a way, you know, like Melee, mm-hmm. for example. I mean, gosh, that game's been around for how how long? um and
1: still, over 20 years 20
0: years and it's still still going strong really so
1: yeah it's 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 doing well for itself um the entries in some of their tournaments it's it's gone down over time you know but there are still there's still a a, a loving community for it and and you know if you want to get into it it's it's open and available so right. it's amazing. um but again it's 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 something that Nintendo has you know I don't want to say they have a vendetta, but, like, they're they're not fans of it. They don't agree with what they're doing with the game. And it just makes it harder for that that type of game to thrive in a competitive scene. But it's also another thing for them to be like, okay, you're not going to support us? Well, we're just going to do it ourselves. Like, we have the people in the community who want this game to, you know, thrive and be successful, so.
0: Yeah. Speaking of this genre, have you played any Brawlhalla?
1: I did a little bit. Um, I heard through a friend when I was playing in tournaments uh, at my college. They were like, yeah, there's this other platform fighting game, Brawlhalla. And I downloaded it and I played it for a while. It was, it was fun. It was, yeah. it was really, like, it was very different. Um, it, felt, it felt slow for a while. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. after you play it, you kind of get used to the controls and the flow of the game. Um, but there are some funny like combo videos and that kind of stuff. And like, I kind of like the system that they've implemented with like the characters getting two different weapons cause it changes their fighting style and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it makes it more interesting. Yeah. Um, but I did play that a little bit. Um, and I guess the people who made make all-star brawl also did slap city. Okay. Um, yeah, and Slap City is another platform fighter. It was, like, their indie-developed, like, first-ever fighting game. Um, and I played it a couple times when I was in college. Um, I just... My hands weren't fast enough, like, because, you know, melee, like, you're wave-dashing, so your hands are moving very, very quickly on the controller. And, like, my hands just don't move like that very well. Like, I can do it. It's just, like, I have to be really concentrated on it. And so, like, you know, it, it mentally... I get exhausted because i'm so concentrated on the movement but like it'll become second nature the more you do it uh but i just didn't play those types that that style of game enough to like have it become second nature but i've played other platform fighter games like um there's a couple of free ones that are like super smash brother ones um i think it's called super smash flash and i think super smash flash 2 it's like it's just a free online version and it's a really fun game. Like it's 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 got like um, the what is his name the black the black mage or something some some wizard looking dude he wears like blue and he has the uh, the the uh, he's like the straw wizard hat um, and there's like a couple other plays it has like Sora Naruto Goku I think I've seen this where it's yeah it's basically some Smash
0: Brothers but they it's all modded so they. You can add any yeah. character you want. They've got, they keep yeah. adding random characters. I think I've seen this before, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that still plays pretty yeah, pretty well, it, although it's all
1: yeah, it, yeah. It, it plays it plays well. I mean, if you have a a good enough PC to run it, and like it, it plays really well. Um, the other there's another one um, for Super Smash Brothers. It's called Project Plus, um, originally called Project M, because um, they were trying to basically take Brawl and be like, okay, what if they like we're positive about the melee scene and we're like, Oh, you know, like let's, let's really take it in a positive direction for, you know, this style of game. And so they made it. It's a really cool game. I haven't personally played it, but I've seen a ton of video footage of it. That like the movement is very, very similar. The play style, the combo setups, everything is very similar.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. it's, It's, I mean, the, the, Genre continues to expand, and it's obviously got a huge fan base, and even within the fan base, there are multiple kinds of fans. Um, going forward, you know, we're kind of entering into that post-pandemic life, we're starting to figure out what things are going to look like. How do you think esports are going to change post-pandemic? Do you think they're going to return back to the live events, or are they going to kind of stay more digi- uh, virtual?
1: Uh well again I think it depends on the esport itself mm-hmm. um cuz again large scale esports it's going to be really hard to do it all online um for example your dotas and all that kind of stuff it's really really hard to do that all virtual um but I see with platform fighters with fighting games in general I see them thriving mm-hmm. because a lot of people are going to want to go back to that tournament go back to you know that 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 style and, and be back in the, in the game, you know, like, and, and, and be in those live places and play friendlies with people and, and, and be together. Um, I think it's a matter of like how the venue and how the tournament organizers are going to promote safety. Right. Yeah. How, how are they going to promote safety to these tournaments? Cause you're going to have these large scale Dota two, you know, all, all those kind of games of, you know, league of legends, like, what are you doing to promote hey like we want all these people no matter the players the the fans like the the uh the people who are selling you know all that kind of stuff we want them to feel safe enough where if they come out here they're not going to be in this oh like you know I don't feel comfortable because there's thousands and thousands of people here so what mm-hmm. are they actively doing to say hey we're we're doing our part to make sure you guys are safe whether it's you know keeping everything you know, like all the, you know, all the salespeople are within, you know, are six feet apart from each other. You know, maybe the, you know, the vendors are outside and then they work their way in and then the seating is arranged in a certain way. Like, you know, or you have to have your proof of vaccine or whatever, like something, something where the TOs are actively saying, Hey, we are promoting safety. You know, we're, we're not going to push you, you know, we're not going to say, Oh, like if you're not going to do, you know, if you, you know, if you don't comply to every single thing, like they're going to, they're going to want you, you know, there are things you're going to have to comply with. Right. Or else you're not going to be able to do it. Like, you know, if you, you know, Hey, we're going to require that if you're inside the venue area, like if you're inside the arena, if you're going to be watching from, you know, for the stage stage game, you have, you know, you have to have your mask, like, You know, or something along the lines of that. So just really kind of ensuring, ensure, ensuring that they're doing their part, Mm -hmm. and then also like, just just embracing everyone in a positive light, regardless of who it is. Like just just kind of embracing and enjoying the game for what it is. Because I think a lot of people are like, especially in fighting games, like they are so lit up about like winning the whole thing that like they kind of forget of like. Just kind of enjoying the tournament and being there and having fun and enjoying like getting to see all their fellow competitors and and getting to embrace different cultures of the world. Like in Street Fighter, you got people from Japan, Korea, China, Malaysia, you know, the United Kingdom, you know, Brazil, you know, like all these places where where all these you know fighting game players come together and and enjoy something that you know. Even though they're worlds apart, they all share a similar interest. Yes. So it's something that, it's something that where the TOs should be able to promote um, positive competition.
0: Yeah. And we'll have to see, we'll have to see basically a more welcoming place, one where they're actually pushing safety. But I like the idea of them being more welcoming because there are a lot of times where just going to a convention or one of these esports events feels daunting. You're like, I don't even know who to root for. Well, they're more like, hey, come on by and check it out and let's just play together kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like, there's something to be said about like, if, you know, I, I respect what tournament organizers do. Um, it's, it's hard to run, you know, very, very large scale tournaments, especially if you're in Evo or if you're in, you know, like. The league of legends series like you're running the tournaments like, like that it's it's impressive it's in me feet. like i'm not talking down to them in any way like i i believe i believe that there's something that can enhance that and and draw more people into it to give it that like i want to say to give it that nintendo feeling because mm-hmm. like whenever you're in you know whenever you go into you know you go to your friend's house and like oh you know i have a nintendo wii i have a nintendo switch like i have the gamecube like You know that the game isn't like gonna be this daunting, like you have to you know put hundreds and hundreds of into it. It's something you can pick up and play. I think a lot of games are trying to go for that, but still appeal to the the competitive side, And, and it's hard to find that balance, but I think there's a way to do it where you're not sacrificing any of the game's mechanics or or fundamentals you're more of just trying to draw them into like, Hey, you know, let's, 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 you know, I want to talk you through it. What are you feeling? Like, you know, what, what are the questions you have kind of like being more open to questions about things and and getting them to sit down and and play a basic form of the game where like, you know, maybe, maybe they're not in a huge competitive role. It's just like, you know, you're playing the game completely free. Like, the way that i've introduced a couple people to just enjoying smash brothers in general is like i played with Icon all stages like just so they're having fun and enjoying the game for what it is yeah, like it's me. not this like you know yeah and then as it went forward i was like hey do you guys want to try to do it like in a competitive set you know do you want to try something different do you want to try this do you want to like just trying thing new with the game where it becomes easier to learn and more fun to enjoy, but you're not like thrusting them into the competitive league. You want them to understand the basics of okay, I understand that a forward smash and a tilt attack are two different things. But now when they're watching the game, it's like, oh hey, I I I kinda understand this. Yeah. Like and they start to they start to learn more because they enjoy the game. So I think there's something to be said about finding some way to make that work and like being more welcoming of like, you know, maybe having kids areas or like, you know, where the kids can go and there's, you know, an area for like a, you know, 15 and under tournament, like for like for younger kids to kind of express themselves and and do that kind of stuff. Or just like a
0: quick little amateur tournament here and there where it's like, Hey, top or best five or whatever out of this little group or something like that, just so that it's, Oh, I don't, you know, like for example, like for Mm -hmm. myself, you know, Overwatch is my big eSport, and so it'd be cool to have a spot where I can go and play Overwatch against maybe 20 people that are all just showing up that day for the heck of it, and, oh, look, I won mm. a cool Overwatch shirt or something like that, not necessarily, and then I'll go yeah. watch, you know, the big leagues and see, like, oh, I know that move, I just did that move, something like that would be more engaging.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, just to engage them in such a way where, like, it's not just about the competitive scene but it's about the gaming itself like just enjoying the game for what it is no matter how you play it because like i think i think what like smash brothers is is like smash brothers the creator saw it this way and wanted it to be enjoyed this way but it became a competitive game It, it it altered itself into this competitive game
0: yeah
1: and to me like I'm indifferent. Like, no matter how you play the game, if you're enjoying it and you're having fun with that game, like, great. Like, you enjoy it the way you enjoy it. Like, I'm not saying that you have to play competitively to enjoy this game, or you have to play it casually to enjoy this game.
0: Yeah, but might as well well welcome everybody in. I think that's a really good way to go moving forward in esports. Now that we're starting to finally gather again and make it an actual event where everybody has fun, I like that. That was a good idea.
1: And and the last thing is is like. The developers, like, I, I get that, like, you know, the developers aren't going to do everything that the scene says they should do. Right, right. But I think, develop, I think the developers being open to the competitive side, you know, the, the people who are recognized as high figures of the, of the competitive side. So for example, in the, in the Smash side, you know, your MKLeos for Smash Ultimate, um... For like for Super Smash Brothers uh, melee, it would be your hungry boxes, Mango, Zane, Mm -hmm. uh, IBW, like those guys, and kind of sitting them down and saying, "Okay, like you guys are kind of these these figures for the competitive scene. We don't know a lot because we made the game. We follow your competitive scene, but we're the developers. We to hear from your end of what the community has said about this game and what can, can we do." which is, I kind of think what they're doing in Nick All-Star Brawl, but there's no there's figure there. There's no one person who represents it. There's no like, you know, like Smash Melee has the five gods, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Street Fighter has Tokido and, and, and those kind of guys. And, and like, you know, in Overwatch, I'm assuming there's a couple of like really star yep. players. There's, yeah, well, there's like, just like, okay. yeah.
0: And, and that's how, I mean, even in like, if you're looking at other things outside of video games, Marvel has Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody has like that one guy or or one figurehead that they all look to for advice and where mm-hmm. to go, and yeah, that's what we need now.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's also what enhances it is like finding that one person. Like for me, kind of going off of a different topic is like with the uh, the classic World Tetris, the classic Tetris World Championship going on right, right. now. You know, one of the biggest biggest figures passed away last year yeah. which is really rough for them because you know he was the head of the community he's been a part of it since 2010 he'll grow and develop the tournament into what it is today and, and now there's you know there's a lot of people who are the they're still the figures but they're more behind the scenes but he was kind of the front face everybody knew him everybody loved him you know like i think there are a lot of competitive games that that have those people but the developers aren't reaching out to those people and saying hey what can we do for the community in your eyes that you're seeing them talk about that we don't really get to talk about
0: yeah yeah
1: Uh, i think there's i think there's something to be said there about you know if you're in a in a gaming community and you have a figurehead of that community I think it's a, de- like for me, if I was a gaming developer, they're, they're one of the first people I would like to just sit down and have a conversation with and be like, you know what, Hey, we love that you're playing our game. We, we, we love that you're, you know, creating this amazing community and like show, show the value for it because really it comes down to they're the reason that your game is successful mm-hmm. in a way, you know, your, these your, your family sales and that kind of stuff and you know, all, all that, all that good stuff. But like, beyond that really the competitive scene can also play a role in like drawing new people to the game
0: yeah yeah i think that's a good point and hopefully it expands and more people come to esports because I, I tell you guys once you find your sport you find your game uh you're hooked and so like yeah. like for me it's smash or for me it's overwatch for you it's probably smash brothers i would say <laughs> is that well tetris i know you're a huge fan of tetris yeah. um
1: yeah. I've been, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been kind of in like indulging in both. Um, I'm hoping that next year, um, specifically more for Tetris, mm-hmm. um, cause they do the, the Portland classic gaming convention or something along the lines of that. Yeah. It happens there every year, but they've been doing their tournaments online for the past two years and it's worked out really well because they can have a lot more competitors. So I'm curious to see if they'll even go back to live events or if they're going to make their live event like the top 16 or something like that, you know, where they do the big tournament online and then it's, oh, you know, the top 16 players get a ticket to Portland and right. then they all come in person to Portland and play in Portland.
0: That's probably the safer way to go as much as we've rather see a huge event where everybody's there. Uh, speaking of conventions, actually, yeah. in December is the... Uh, Sack gaming expo. Are you going to that?
1: Um, I really wanted to, but um, uh, my family uh for Christmas, I have to go out a little early because of my my job. I see. So I have to go out a little early, and that was the only weekend they were available. So I was kind of bummed because I was like, Man, it's the same weekend. I thought about trying to change it, yeah. but there's always next year. I'm definitely gonna be going next year for sure. Um but I real. I'm more I'm more happy that it's coming back. Same. And exactly. Uh, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that it's gonna be back. Um I mean, I don't know if you're gonna have a setup there, but if anybody listening gets the chance to go to it, go hang out with Frank, go bug him. Like Yeah. He's he's
0: we're not gonna do he's a hell
1: of a great <laughs> conversation piece. I appreciate
0: but... that. We're not gonna do a boot this year because they kind of sprung it at the last minute there was gonna be a two day event instead of a one day event, and we're like Oh, that's so much days. <laughs> you can't handle two. Right. So um, right. but we will be there at least one of the days. Uh, we'll be wearing the gear so you guys can see us. And, and we'll be trying to interview some of the people mm-hmm. that are there because it has some really cool um, guests that are showing up. And I mean, talk about a welcoming community. SAC Gaming Expo is always just really fun, really cool group. And uh, we'll be out there. Yeah. And they, out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they, they got they got a lot of cool like indie developer people yeah. who remain. I forget the name of the game, but there was like this NES game I got to play that was really fun. Um, I got to see some of the people who were still like creating their game. Um, one of the guys, I forget his name, but he had a game. It was called the Mars project. And it was like this game with like a, I don't know, like a, it looked like a Bubsy, the Bobcat kind of character. Like it looked like him, mm-hmm. but it was like this, uh, um, banjo Kazooie style platforming game. But like you had certain like animal, like, like things that you could pick up that gave you different abilities. like think almost all like a sonic spin dash that made you like move faster um another one like made you jump higher another one so it gave you like different abilities to like get through you know the platform platforming and like you were collecting these like jewels and then they would lead to like you know this gated area and it'd take you to another dimension where like you know he was just trying to create the storyline but he had the premise like the style of game he wanted it was really interesting and i hope that he's still working on it and i've talked to him a little bit but i haven't really reached out to him yet but i thought it was really interesting to see those types of games like in their development stages and they kind of talk to you and like hey what do you think what could we change what could we improve like that's what i kind of liked about it too
0: yeah two of the big names that i'm looking forward to seeing is we have uh ed unciata who did, like, Echo and a bunch of the old Sega Genesis games that I freaking, I mean, just Echo's great, but, I mean, he did the X-Men games and stuff like that, which is classic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we have uh, Kosono Akina, who did, like, so many of the modern uh, Mario games. So Mario Maker, Super Mario Bros. 2, uh, even Zelda on the the Wii, she did that. So it's a great event. Yeah. So guys, come on out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, please, yeah, please, by all means, go out. Um, go find Frank in his yeah. geek freaks year. Just give him a hard time. <laughs> tell him that. No, don't do it. Tell him that. Tell him that he. Tell, tell him that he sucks at Overwatch. Fair.
0: That's fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thank no, you again. It's, I, it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I love being. I love being on the show. I love talking fighting games with you. Um, you know, it's it's great to be on the show. Great to have Sac Retro Gaming Con coming back. I'll be back next year. I will say that. All right. So, and
0: next year, we will, will probably have a booth. <laughs> With more preparation, we'll yes. have a booth and
1: have an idea of what to do yep. in two days. <laughs> yep. And if you guys need me
0: for those two days, I will be Ooh, that's a plan. It- okay, we will have to figure that out. Yeah. Maybe we'll set up yes. a small mini tournament I would, I would like, to- can you beat Tyler? Once <laughs> we'll people come yeah. up and try to beat no, That
1: would that actually would be kind of cool. Yeah, I would, I'd be down. We'll be give down prizes away. Sure. Maybe we'll
0: give like hats away or shirts away if you could beat Tyler. Yeah, like the... Yeah, that'd be so cool. Oh, man, I'm already thinking of the shirt, too. It'd be like, I beat Tyler at Sac Gaming Expo. <laughs> that would be a cool right. shirt to wear. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. We'll have to talk. We'll have to talk. Yeah. Okay? Let's not get carried away. We have away, a year we'll to talk. go
0: still, so we have plenty of time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I'm already thinking yeah. about that shirt. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll We'll t- we'll talk about it again, but I'm excited. All right.
0: Well, then, thank you guys for Bye, joining man. us. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye
1: next week. Peace.